this morning. I know you're speaking about God. So there we go. We're going big, but we're going to have a go. All right, so I'm going to start off. I'm so looking forward to sharing this this morning. Um, what I'm going to be talking about this morning is something that's been transformational in my life over years, but in the last six months, God's been showing me some things. So we're going to talk about God. Can we shotgun right at the start, if my beautiful, two beautiful assistants could come out and talk about God is, and can we just yell out some of the names and characters of God? Just preface that at the start. If you're going to yell out something in Hebrew, we can't guarantee the spelling. We might need to come back to it later. So I started you off. God is good. What else do we know about God? Precious. Gracious, gracious, can we write gracious anymore? Loving, patient, compassionate. John? Good, good, good. Well, let's put Savior and King. We can put both of those in there. Um, protector, faithful, God is faithful. Um, loyal, I like that. So many. Let's keep them coming. Let's go for a few more. Holy. Nice one. Trustworthy. Redeemer. Really good. Creator. That's really good. Um, uh, we don't need to just have the easily palatable ones. We can put judge. He is also that. Loving. Really good. Almighty. Patient. Um, if we do want to go Hebrew, Jehovah Rapha, which means healer or restorer. You could just... English or Hebrew. Um, he's, he's big. Humble. I like that. Jaira, which means provider. Awesome. Uh, we're singing the song, right? Jaira, you are. Okay, yep, good, got it. Oh, oh from the 80s, Jiho. Okay, I'm not going to sing it, scripture and song. Anyway, but it's over. Okay, so let's, let's leave that there, unless we have any other urgent ones we need. Forgiving. Nice. I like it. All powerful. Sorry, what was that one on the back? Merciful, yep. What was that? He's the boss. Right? I'm <laughs> Put brainy, brainy. <laughs> All right, that's good. So, this, so we could keep going. I think I Googled it and there was one list that had 100, another one had 1,000. So, so, so let's, let's just stay with that and... Um, Thank you. Can we, can we give a hand to our assistants this morning? Okay, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 15. If you have a real Bible, it's going to come up on the screen. The reason, and we're going to cover some familiar territory this morning. Most of us will have read this passage before. But sometimes when you look at the context of what we're about to read, it actually, it reveals Jesus' heart and God's heart and why Jesus is saying this. So let's go Luke chapter 15. Um, if we could bring that one up. David, it says this, Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near Jesus to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so he told them this parable. So the religious people came to Jesus and said, Our problem is you hang out with tax collectors and sinners. So historically, quick reminder, tax collectors were people who sided with the Roman Empire. They basically sold out because there was a lot of money to be made being a tax collector. And it was in some ways organized crime, uh, protected by the government because they extorted their own people for major fees, became very rich. Um, sinners are often... In ancient texts in the Bible are often referring to people who were atheists but who lived in Israel. So they didn't follow God in his ways. So what, 
what the Pharisees and the scribes were saying was, God is holy. God is holy. Holy means set apart. And in fact, in the case of God, God being holy means he's unique in the entire universe. God's holy, so therefore we should be holy. So why is Jesus with these people? And God is also a judge, and we judge, and we say what these people are doing is wrong. So why is Jesus even with them? Why is he eating with them? And Jesus replied, with three parables. And this is really important. So, so when we go through these parables, we're going to land on the third one mostly. Consider what Jesus is saying is a response to this. This man eats with sinners. He receives sinners and eats with them. This is Jesus' response to that. This is what he has to say about that. So we're going to skim through the first two. They won't come up on the screen. So the first parable is the parable of the shepherd. The shepherd who leaves the 99 and he goes to the dark places for the one. And so Jesus is saying, look at what I'm doing. I'm with those people right now. You need to be like God who goes to where they are. So Jesus is actually responding to what the Pharisees and the scribes are saying by saying this parable. So the second parable is the woman with the lost coin. If you haven't heard it, for a while, read it later. A woman loses a coin and she looks for it. Keeps searching, searching, searching until she, until she finds it. What was Jesus saying in this? He was saying, should we give up? No. Jesus is God will never, ever. We're never too far gone. And that was a massive correction. So Jesus is saying that. And then the third parable, and this is a really big one, is the story of the prodigal son. What is Jesus saying here. And for most of us who've read it before, we're going to go straight to the spoiler alerts. We're not revealing something we don't know. The, the character of God in the story of the prodigal son, Jesus is saying, God is father. And this is a really big deal. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, he said, sure, pray like this, father. Jesus said one of the reasons he came was to reveal the Father. So what Jesus is saying, which is going to be revealed in this third parable, is if you want to understand God, understand God as a Father, as revealed. If we start off with holy, then sometimes we end up out here. If we start off with just kind, sometimes we can end up out here and we don't get a complete picture of who God is. If we start off as judge, we can end up out here. What do I mean? So as a dad, when my kids were young, I remember one time being at the shops and Ruby ran as a three-year-old, ran towards the cars and towards the road. And as a dad, I yelled. I yelled. And I don't yell like that very often. I said, Ruby, stop now. Because I needed my girl to stay away from the road. So do I yell in those situations? Absolutely. Now, if Ruby defined her relationship with me as my dad, he's the yelly dad, then she would, that, that would be uh, an inaccurate way of describing how I love my daughter and she loves me in our relationship. If she picked just something that was true, as a dad, will I yell when my kids are facing danger? Absolutely. So what Jesus is essentially saying in the story coming out, which I think we'll see, is God as Father is actually the lens that Jesus wants us to see all of this. Because sometimes if we start down here and only stay here, we can get skewed. So that's the proposition. Let's look at it even 
more. So we're going to look at the story. We're going to go through pretty quickly because we're going to talk about it at the end. Um, once there was a father who had two sons. Now, I need some help just to, to picture it. There's a picture of the father. What a nice dude. Um, Ashlyn and Caleb, could you guys come and help me? These are going to be just to help us picture it. Uh, Caleb, if you could be the you could be the son, you can represent your youthfulness with that. Ashlyn, if you could wear a beard to represent the father. All right, so we're just going to go through. Here's the father. Here's the son. Your son. I'll lead you through this. Don't be nervous. Here we go. So, um, hold on. We'll just wait for the father to get his uh, get his props on. Right, it's a brand new beard. <laughs> we all know how new beards are. All right, so. Scratchy, is that right? There we go. So this will help us uh, picture the story. So once there is a father who had two sons, and the son said, and the son said to the father, he said, Dad. Oh, you say what I say, Dad. Dad. I want my inheritance now. I want my inheritance now. Now, in ancient Middle Eastern culture, there were. Thieves, people who robbed people on highways, there were murderers, but then there were people who said things like this. This is the worst of the worst thing you could say to a father in their culture. Basically, I wish you were dead now so I could have what's coming to me. Like, this is the worst. So, Jesus is portraying someone who's really bad. So, let's go back to the word. So, so when he, when the son, Jesus was telling the story, he said, Dad, I want my inheritance now. The audience would have gone, oh. thanks for everyone who did that. The audience would have gone, oh. that is, that. I didn't know you'd do that. It sounds like everyone's got asthma or something. Anyway, and, and so they th- this is like, what? And then even more, this, the dad goes, okay, okay. And then the audience would have gone scandalous. No, no, this son, this son deserves capital punishment. And that was within their law. This does, but that literally, probably more stoning, but yes, that actually happened. So, oh, there's our picture. That's a nice picture, isn't it? There's the father, there's the son. Okay, so what does the Bible say? Um, Let me just make sure. The youngest son then left for a distant country. So youngest son, you come with me. We'll go to a distant country, which is over this side. Let's remember that. That's a distant, distant country. And he lost all of that he had, and he spent it all on wild living. So I'm not sure, Caleb, if you could do some quick wild living over here. No, 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 we don't, we don't need a demonstration of that. That's wild enough. Wild enough, young man. We don't need any more wild living. All right, so there's the wild living. Um, so... I could get into trouble doing that. All right, so he had wild living. Finally, he ends up feeding the pigs. He runs out of money. He needs something to do. He's feeding the pigs. So again, let's go to culture. This guy's the worst of the worst because of what he said to his dad. He runs out of money, and then he's feeding pigs. So again, ancient, this is Jews. Pigs are like the worst of, of not kosher food. They're unclean. He's touching them. So the, the audience would have been livid. You don't have to be livid. You don't have to be angry. To hear about this young son, if you could be feeding pigs, feeding pigs around. So, so not only has he said something, the greatest of offenses, now he's doing something disgusting. He's feeding pigs. This is the worst of the worst. So this is a really big deal. In the end, he says, oh, I'm super hungry. I'm super hungry. Because he wasn't making enough to fill his belly. 
He was looking at what the pigs were eating, thinking, oh, that's the best. I wish I could have that. And he concludes, even the servants in my father's house have better. So, and this is the big, a big turning point in the story. He goes, I'm headed back to my father. I'm heading back to my father. Okay, before you go. Um, so this is like a little, a little aside for anyone who likes to have good chats over lunch or after the service. Did the son head home because he was hungry or because he was sorry? Think about that. Think about that. Did he head home? If you're a parent, I know what I think. If you're a parent, was he hungry or sorry for what he'd done? And secondly, when it relates to God, does it matter? Okay, I'm not going to answer that now because it's not what we're talking about today. Um, but that's, that's for later on. You can decide that for yourself. Um, if you're not sure, ask Lawrence. I'm sure he'll tell you the answer. Okay, so verse 20. Uh, let's bring up the next one, David. Verse 20. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. So the son's starting to head towards home. Just a little step. Yep, yep, leave it there. We haven't got a very wide room to deal with. Father, if you could uh, move over this side. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. So if you could like be seeing him, looking. So, 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 and this is an important part of the story. The father's not just meandering or working. The father's actually looking. So I wonder if you could add some drama. Add some... Actually, this is a massive part of the story. So I'm just going to add some there. So while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. My son. My son. He's headed home. He's headed home. And he ran to his son. Oh, wait, 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 forget. Let's just, uh, this is a really big moment, an even bigger moment in the story. So can we do this in slow motion, Ashlyn? So you run. Now, Caleb, you've just got to be looking guilty. Like, like, meh. Okay. And Robert, this has to be like, this is important. We need to hear this. Oh, no, 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 back here. We need to, yeah, yeah. Too soon. Okay, okay, next slide. Here we go, here we go. Now, ready for this moment. It's massive. Next slide, David. Go. Slower, slower. Here he goes. He's running to the sun. He's running to the sun. He throws his arms around him and kisses him. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 end of the story. News. News. All right, you guys can go sit down. That, that's, that's another. Woo. That, was, that was a close one there. Thanks, Caleb. All right, so, that, so I wanted to highlight, because that, that's a massive part of the story. We're going to keep this verse up for a while, because it's, it's really big. Uh, so what happened next? Let's talk it through. The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. The father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Put the ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. The son of mine was dead and now he's alive. Oh, I forgot I was going to get you guys to celebrate and play the celebrations video, but that's all right. You'd probably just start talking about your teeth falling out or birthdays or something like that. Anyway, so this picture here of the, the father running and embracing the son is massive. Here's why, here's why it's massive. Because sometimes we make lies or untruths in our mind, sometimes based on half-truths about who and what God is like, about the nature of what God is like. And, and sometimes we even religiousize them and they sound right, but Jesus is saying start, saying, start here, it's powerful. What kind of untruths do I mean? Sometimes we believe 
I don't matter. Other people in life are important, but I'm not important. And we can religiousize this by saying, well, God's the king, therefore I'm a servant, I'm low, I'm just like a worm. We can find verses to back that up. We ignore Bible verses that, that talk about Jesus saying, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. But this story tells us in this, in this moment here, you matter to God. There's no longer, I don't matter. There's, you matter to God. He runs to you. Have you met this father? Another one some, we sometimes believe is God could never love me. God could never love me. I'm not worthy of God's love. Well, this story shows us that our Father God runs to us and embraces us. Your behavior can never change the Father's heart towards you. The things you do can never change the Father's heart towards you. Land on that. Know that. Are we loved by God? We're so loved by God. Have you met this Father? There's no rejection here. There's no separation here. Another lie we believe is, and this is a big one for Christians, I'm not acceptable to God. Some of us learn this in life. Some of us learned this in Sunday school. God could never fully accept me. Not, not fully. If, if you knew what I did, you would know why. Or if you knew what other people did to me, you'd know why. I'm unclean at the core. Or some of us go, yeah, I'm not... I'm not the religious type or I'm not a spiritual type. I'm not like Lawrence. I don't know the Bible back and forth. We sometimes categorize us. This is what the enemy does. He speaks these lies based sometimes on half-truths because these are true about God. Every single one of them is true about God. But when our lens is wrong, we get stuck in a way that stops us from knowing the life and the heart of who God is. So some of us think to ourselves, I don't matter to, to God. But no matter what you think, you've been accepted by God. You've been brought in. Do you know this father? Now, there's a little more to it. So the father, I actually love this. This is one of my favorite moments in the story. The son splurts out his speech. Now, to me, the speech is a little bit like when I, like when our kids were little and Jet would get sent to his room and I'd say, Jet, you can come out of your room when you're ready to say sorry to Ruby and he'd come out and go, sorry, Ruby, good, I'm good now, here we go. Like, to me, this is a little of what his speech is like. He's just blurting out the words just so he can get, get his stomach filled. But anyway, so he gets these words out and the father in the story, who's a picture of God, <laughs> literally ignores what he says. Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. What does the father say? He doesn't do the classic, well, you'd better not do that again. He doesn't, he doesn't do the, I hope you've learned your lesson. This is, this is what he says. This is, I love this. He goes, bring the best robe and put it on him. Robe, let's just go context, righteousness. Put the ring on his finger, the ring. So in those days, that's authority. That's resources. You could buy things with the family ring. That's identity. You're part of this family. Put sandals on, a, on his feet. You're not broke anymore. You're blessed. That's the father's response. But we go, 
And probably rightly so, but what about the sin? He'd sinned, right? He was guilty. Yes, absolutely he was guilty. And here's what the father did. And it was in the story, and it's really important. He said, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Have you ever wondered, so they're way out the end of the road, at the end of the property, no one says, bring the fatted calf and kill it. You'd say, go kill the calf. We're having a party tonight. Kill it in the place where you kill the calves. No one says, bring. Why the word bring? Why would you bring the calf to where he's met the son and kill it there? And this is really important. This is a sneaky little bit of the story. Because the father provides the sacrifice for sin. The Father provides the sacrifice for sin. God so loved the world that he gave. Did the sin matter? Yes. Sin hurts ourselves and hurts others. I'm not saying because we're loved, we're accepted by God, that sin doesn't matter. But, but I am saying that the power of the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the power of sin. So the Father provides the sacrifice because of Jesus, you and I, are in Christ 100% acceptable to God. Not only that, not only acceptable, but the Father is so filled with joy at you, He celebrates and dances over you. Can you believe that? Do you know this, Father? I feel like I've got, there's one more. Some of us believe that God's far away. And we need to picture this embrace. Picture this embrace. This is where God is to us. He's near. He can't be pushed away. His love won't be turned away. Even the things we do won't stop him running to us. This is the picture of the Father. This is the starting place. This is the lens that will help us understand who God is. He's not far away. He's near. The Holy Spirit does not come and go with every action that we do. He's near. He's present and he will not leave. Um, this, this story's been life transformational for me. Not just the story, but the, the picture, particularly the picture of the embrace. So many times I've felt unworthy towards God and I go to this picture because I confront the lie, because this is what the enemy does. He, can, he puts, tries to get us to believe lies about who God is that leave us stuck. So I can't confront the lie with, an, with the truth about who God is and what he's like. Am I unworthy towards God? It's actually not the point. Jesus has made me worthy and I'm loved. That's the truth. There are times in life where I feel like I'm actually not handling things at the moment. Things feel like this is too much. And I go to this picture again, that picture right there, Luke 15, verse 20, and I know I'm embraced by my Father God. I'm not alone. He's got it. And that's using the God-given power of imagination, the pictures in our head that God can show us to reveal and keep us anchored on truth instead of stuck in lies. Now, as... There's another part of this um, that I think, it's, I think it's for me. As, as Kiwis, sometimes we feel like it's all about, because this is a lot of talk about love and hugs, right? But sometimes as Kiwis, we feel like we have to get it done, get the number eight wire out and kind of start like, let's, let's, let's just leave that there and like finish the job. But I honestly believe that this place 
of knowing we're loved by God is the most powerful place we can be. This is what gives us the ability to stand in the storm. Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. The way that we can stand in the storm and be strong is not just by gritting it out, but trusting in the strength of a greater God. The way that we'll actually see success in our work to a level we've never seen before is not just by working as hard as we can, but trusting that we're loved by God. This place is a place of strength. This place is a place of indeed power, and it's a place of trust. Do you know this father? Do you know this father? Um, I read a book a couple of months ago uh, by C. Baxter Kruger called uh, Parable of the Dancing God. He talks about this story. Um, But he said this quote, and I love it, I love it. He said, In spite of all he'd done, there remains an abiding, unchanging, rock-solid fact. There is an inheritance that cannot be squandered away. He has a father. Did you hear that? There's an inheritance that we can never squander away. You have a father. I'm going to get us to um, stand in a minute to pray. Um, and pray for anyone who goes, God, I, I, there's a part of you I don't know because I've been believing something down here that skewed me off here. I need to know this. I need to be anchored in this. But before I do that, if you need that, let's use the power of the word of God as well. Grab that verse, take a photo of it or look it up, take a screenshot of it. Write it on your pencil case or put it on the wallpaper on your phone, somewhere where you'll look at it and remind yourself, memorize this verse because according to Jesus, this is what our Father is like. Start here. And you could trace through the entire story of the Bible, beginning with Adam and Eve after they sinned where they got the nature of God wrong. So Jesus has come to reveal the Father and according to Jesus, the story shows us how he thinks and how he acts. Can we stand and I'll pray? And um, I've asked Andrea to come and pray as well, just to finish off this morning. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you that you are a good father and that you bring life and you bring hope. And so we receive now life and hope, and truth, and love from you. And if it's helpful, just hold out your arms in front of you in a receiving pose and say, God, I receive from you now because I want to receive from you and I want to know this and not be stuck anymore. May the truth set me free. The truth that you are good, that you are loving, that you are accepting, the truth that you celebrate us, that you sing over us, dance, dance because of us. May that land in our heart and be our lens to know you. Just receive from it. And I just want to speak to any lies that have surfaced um, while Mark's been talking. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the light, that you are truth, and that you've given us your Holy Spirit that leads us to the Father.
And Lord, I just pray for us all this morning as you shed your light on darkness and untruth that we've believed. Um, Pain that's settled in for a long time from our childhood, from our teenage years, from hurt relationships, from disappointment. Lord, that you would just shine a light and we trust you, Jesus, that you will bring truth to those lies, that you don't just leave us sitting in a pool of death and lies and yuck, but, Lord, that you come and you enter that with your light and you draw us out into your truth. So I just pray that for people this morning, that they would be drawn out into your truth, into your embrace, into the love of the Father, that you would just speak truth this morning to hearts. We pray for turning around, that we would be able to look up and turn around and see our Father embracing us, loving us, drawing us in, that we would come home, Father God, to your embrace and that we would make our home there. In Jesus' name. Amen.